off top, Thanksgiving became a national holiday after decades of writing from American poet Sarah Josepha Hale. She also created Mary Had a Little Lamb, which is based on a true story. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show. Huh? Why you hit me the huh? Is that the judgment huh, or is that the you appreciate this week's knowledge? I, that's the huh saying that you're a coward because you told us the off top that you wanted to do, oh. or you were going to explain what happened to Mary and her little lamb. Oh, they met tragic ends. Yeah, and you can Google it. I mean, we're getting near the holiday season. I decided to keep it upbeat by talking about how we got Thanksgiving, which is also not very upbeat. The history of Thanksgiving, so downbeat all around. Mary had a little lamb shank. <laughs> but she didn't have it for long. R.I.P. got gored by a bull. Yeah. Anyway, so football's happening. Deshaun Watson's out for the season. We got Bomani Jones coming up later. We also have Roses and Thorns. But before we get all of that, Charlie, what do you want me to teach you today? So we should start with the Deshaun Watson injury and the after effects of that. Right. Because Watson is done for the year. He's getting shoulder surgery. He has not been particularly good. Um, in the 11 games he's played over the last three years, the Browns have a great defense and are now um, sort of potentially squandering a season that could have been really special if Watson had been in his pre-injury form. But that's not what I think is the most interesting, and I don't think that's what you think is the most nah, interesting. Nah, we've mulled over that yeah. a bunch and argued, and not argued, but yeah, we've had these conversations for days. Yeah, and so we're, we're, what I want to talk about is the fact that Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. He had multiple bidders. He leveraged the situation and he got something that no other quarterback besides Kirk Cousins, who played, who's the only quarterback ever to play the double on the franchise tag twice and get to free agency has gotten a fully guaranteed deal. And it's been a disaster. So the question I would ask you as someone you've been in the room, you've negotiated, you've looked at an owner in the face and said, okay, Sonny, give me a better (laughs) offer. Um, Does, does the Watson contract kill any chance of long-term fully guaranteed deals catching on to the NFL? I think you'd be surprised by my position generally, given I was president of the union and I'm generally player first. You make fun of me for being player first most of the time. I am not a huge proponent of guaranteed contracts in general, Mm -hmm. but I understand why people want them and why they're valuable. Maybe we can get to that later. I don't think what's happening with Watson's contract impacts guaranteed contracts at all in the future. I think the way that the NFL system is set up, it's set up in order to not get guaranteed contracts because the leverage is... When you're a big-time player, big-time quarterback, the leverage is normally going to be on the team side because of the weapon of the franchise tag and also the willingness to walk away from money. In order to get a fully guaranteed contract, you have to get to true free agency. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson kind of got to true free agency. Kirk Cousins actually got to true free agency. Lamar Jackson was not at true free agency. Had he decided to play through the franchise tag twice— then he might have gotten to true free agency. But the incentives are not there to actually do that because there's so much guaranteed money there. Right. While it's not fully guaranteed, uh, Lamar Jackson got 135 guaranteed. 185. 185 guaranteed. Yeah, yeah it, either way, it doesn't matter. And this is another, I guess, underappreciated thing about quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks, but great players generally, the contracts are kind of guaranteed. Yes. They mm-hmm. are kind of fully guaranteed. I mean, even if you get injured, like uh, Dak Prescott got his foot turned around the back way, uh, turned around the wrong way. He is about to get another extension. If you think back to all the quarterbacks and I mean, even the non quarterbacks, big time players who get to free agency, they normally get the full value of their contract. And the reason why I generally am opposed or not opposed to, but not as gung ho about pushing for guaranteed contracts is because I don't think it changes the amount of money that'll go into players pockets. The Mm. contracts will just get smaller. And the, Mm. the reason why the money, why they're high numbers on the back end of contracts I think they actually functionally work to help players. So uh, to help players force a renegotiation in a long contract. So like you get another deal, you make it back over time. Dak Prescott is going to renegotiate his contract after this season. Mm -hmm. And he's going to get a much longer term and even more money because the cap hit for him next year is almost $60 million. There's very unlikely that, the bargain compared to Watson. Yeah, very unlikely that the Dallas Cowboys are going to uh, 
go ahead and take that because what you end up doing is renegotiating and then pushing all the money to the back end again. And that's how you stay competitive when you have a franchise quarterback. I think Lamar or Deshaun Watson's contract jumps to a cap hit of $64 million, yes, right? For the next three seasons. And that is the particularly damning part that people aren't bringing up about this Watson contract is he can be great in the future and they still may not have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Oftentimes what you see happening, as we've been talking about, is even in Watson's case, it was unique because they were he was being suspended, so they tried to make that first year extra small. But if you look at most contracts, the early portion of the contracts are small. They backload the big numbers in order to be able to fit the championship quality team into the front of the contract. And then they assume, you know what, we'll get to the end of this and renegotiate, which while we're talking about Deshaun Watson's contract as um, it being a problem for the duration of his contract. It's a problem for the duration of his contract, but it's an even bigger problem because they can't renegotiate with him and push the money back because they probably not going to want him after it all. So, the guaranteed contract part of it is not the problem. Deshaun Watson is the problem. If Patrick Agreed. Mahomes was playing on a guaranteed deal, if Jalen Hurts was playing on a guaranteed deal, if a guy who's thrown 11 interceptions so far this year, Josh Allen, was playing on a guaranteed deal, no one would care. I mean, they might not be smart, team-friendly yeah. contracts, but us, we would not care. The problem, and this is something that's going to go back to all of the franchise quarterback trades that have happened in the past couple of years. I'll, are, I just, I'll say this one thing. They would not be any more or less team friendly than the contracts they have now. But anyway, go ahead. Sure, but you get you. I'm talking yeah. about from the public outcry, yeah, the yeah. way the way that these contracts right. are received. Um, the problem is when you give a contract like that to someone who's no longer good at football, and even at his best, the Browns gave a contract to Paul George, thinking he was Nikola Jokic. Yeah, they 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 someone who was like a fringe, very good quarterback who was on the fringe of elite. Then they paid him like he was going to perform like Patrick Mahomes. And the irony is, with that defense, if he had been as good as he was prior to his suspension, they'd probably be 8-1 and one or 9-1 and one and the prohibitive Super Bowl favorite because of how good the defense is. And like, regardless of how the stats put the Ravens and the Browns like really close, yeah. I think we all know that on a, in a small sample, the Browns have slightly more talent. They're slightly more explosive defensively. And so that's the interesting thing about it. And I think it brings to a larger thing of like, some of these quarterbacks that have been available for trade, mm. they're available for a reason. Like yeah. Russell Wilson, they were like, oh, please take him. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was 40 years old and like the, the Achilles injury is sucks and it's random, but it's less random when you're 40 years old. And Deshaun Watson was available because he's a pervert. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that the the reason why I say that this doesn't affect the guaranteed contracts is because... It wasn't a trend. The guaranteed contracts came up because of unique situations. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson, they needed him out of Houston. Kirk Cousins, they didn't respect him enough to give him an extended contract, and he waited till he got to free agency. I think, and I think it's a, a mistake and a misconception if you think that, if anyone thinks that this Deshaun Watson uh, flop essentially is going to make someone else, make the next team skittish about a fully guaranteed contract. If a good quarterback yeah. gets to true free agency and he decides that he wants a fully guaranteed contract, your logic or reasoning or rationale does not matter. Mm -hmm. The leverage matters. Somebody's going to give it to him, and then we so, have another fully guaranteed contract. I Explain that for a second, just for the fact that, like, how do you think players are going to go the Cousins route and force their way to true free agency? No. Then, I mean, I, then I if that's not the case, how do they get to true free agency where it won't become an aberration? And that's my point. It's it's uh, the system is so well constructed in a way to guard against that, that it has to be a fluky occurrence. Mm -hmm. Like Kirk Cousins, the situation was they drafted two quarterbacks and they never really leaned in on them. And he went through the franchise tag and he eventually made it was like a fluky occurrence. Normally okay. you draft a quarterback and he's good. You pay him. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Also, it was like he needed to get the hell out of Houston because of all the court stuff. And he wanted out of Houston originally before, before, yeah. before this, the um, sexual assault allegations. And so he became functionally a true free agent because they were like, get out of here. Whoever you want to go to, fine, we'll trade you there. And I think that 
unless someone else, somehow there's some fluky situation that another quarterback gets to true free agency, that we won't have a fully guaranteed contract. The closest we got to it most recently was Lamar Jackson, and he was kind of saying that he wanted a guaranteed contract publicly, and I was supporting him, and a lot of people were supporting him, but I honestly don't think that mattered as much. That's just more of a a position and an argument for him to take because fundamentally, like I mentioned, do you think Lamar Jackson thinks that he's not going to get all the money from this contract? No, he's going to get it. I don't, but I also think that that's, that's accurate that he'll get all the money from his contract because despite the, the Lamar thing was interesting. He wanted a guaranteed contract coming off of the three successive worst years of his career after his rookie season. And he actually more or less had, agency they let him explore trade they let him see if anyone wanted to pay him a fully guaranteed contract and no one did and that's what makes me think that this sort of was an aberration the teams will hold firm the teams will look up and be like you know what we tried this with watson or someone broke the system with watson you're not getting it it was ridiculous no if lamar jackson was a true free agent he would have gotten a guaranteed contract if that was something he actually cared about i don't think it was something that he actually significantly cared about he got enough of the portion um guaranteed i will say that what actually happened with Lamar Jackson, I think, is not slightly a lot different than both Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins. Certainly. Because yeah. there's, there would have been a cost to sign Lamar Jackson. And to trade for him. And yeah, not only the cost that you would have to trade for him, but the cost that you would have to pay for. We already saw how the other teams and owners reacted to Jimmy Haslam. Taking a star quarterback from another team, I think, has another impact. But I also think, fundamentally, Lamar Jackson didn't want to leave Baltimore. Lamar Jackson wanted to get paid, and Lamar Jackson wanted uh, some more influence and control. Mm -hmm. They got a new offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden, they got a bunch of receivers and weapons. I don't think these are a coincidence that Lamar Jackson ended up staying there and getting these things and getting functionally a guaranteed contract as long as he doesn't have a career ending injury he's going to get all the money on that deal so is player empowerment at the quarterback position just being like slightly better than mediocre do you need to be the Kirk Cousins route so that you will get franchise tight twice and you're like top ish tier and they don't actually want to give you the full contract so you'll be able to reach free agency is that the (laughs) you need to be between 10 and 15 to have true empowerment in this league (laughs) yeah I mean I I don't want to do quarterback ranking I just mean the concept yeah I get you yeah that concept makes sense but my point is I think Lamar Jackson has power in the same way Mm -hmm. we see I think all the quarterbacks have power in the same way we see in the NBA that players have their salaries artificially depressed and so and inflated yeah but I'm talking about the top guys the top guys have their salaries artificially depressed and you know what that power cannot be created or destroyed. It goes somewhere else. And so when you talk about player empowerment, like how NBA players can force their way here or there, or they can make you sign this player or that player, I think that is what they are taking in exchange for the money because of the max contract. And I think we are seeing similar things in mm-hmm. the NFL. And that's why I think Lamar, Jan- Lamar Jackson is a very illustrative example because he didn't get the fully guaranteed contract. But you and I both understand he's going to get all the money that yeah. he wants from that contract, and he's probably going to re-up in a couple of years and get even more of that. But not only did he get those things, he also seemingly got the things that the team hasn't been willing to do up until now. Give him a more like an expanded offense and bring in some receivers. I know they've drafted Bateman and they drafted Hollywood Brown, but they went and spent in free agency and they drafted another receiver. I, to me, and I don't know this personally, but to me, these all feel like ways that Lamar Jackson was like, hey, and we'd always heard that he was not happy with the the level of this offense with all these tight ends and square bodies on the field. And so he fixed it. I got a question, and this is a purely hypothetical. And I don't want this to just turn into the the Dak stuff, but this is the you've mentioned Dak and how yeah. he's gonna get renegotiated. Let's just say the Cowboys, who have high expectations again this year, they're one of the three teams that really matter in the NFC. Four teams. Um don't disrespect the Lions. Yeah, exactly. My bad Lions fans. You guys rock. Um the let's just say they flame out in the wild card game again. Dak throws three picks in my hypothetical situation. And Jerry Jones turns around and is like, you know what? I don't want to extend this guy. After next year, does he get a guaranteed contract? Yeah, if he wants a guaranteed contract. Wouldn't he want one if he had free agency? Why wouldn't he want one? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he will get a fully guaranteed contract. I think that it may, the fight may not be worth it for them because, like we just mentioned, it's functionally fully guaranteed. But the interesting part about that is if um, he's owed $60 million against the cap, 
they would have to probably trade him or renegotiate and trade him because they've essentially crippled their team and are not committing to the quarterback. You know, so the Kirk Cousins situation is, again, is the example that we have to point to. It's clear that they're moving on. Well, it's not clear. It seems obvious that they're moving on from Kirk Cousins. I mean, the GM kind of said that. Yeah, I know. But I mean, they, they haven't said it officially. I mean, yeah. he said it when he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> on day one, he was like, I don't know about this Kirk Cousins. And then went on to have him as their starting quarterback for two seasons. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I don't think that there is a quarterback who is top half of the league that maybe lower than that, maybe top 10. There's not a quarterback that if he doesn't get the free agency, doesn't get a fully guaranteed contract. Are you? Uh, do you think that... If Aaron Rodgers told the Jets, nah, guarantee all this, they wouldn't do it. They would do it. Maybe the number would change, but they would fully guarantee the contract. I don't think that with Deshaun Watson, uh, him being bad, well, and the, impacts the, this at all. The Rodgers thing, I think, is different because Rodgers was short was short term. I think the interesting thing is long term going into the second deal. That's yeah. that's the one that is hasn't been guaranteed traditionally. Even I guess last year we were like, man, there's so many good quarterbacks in the NFL. Everybody seems happy with their situation. We're a few months later, and there's a lot of quarterback thirsty teams in the league. It's just the way that the league functions. It's the difficulty of the position, the rarity of the success rate there. There will always be leverage on the side of the true full free agent quarterback, and that's why we don't never see it. How about the Browns blowing it and getting rid of Josh Dobbs, by the way? Because not only uh, would it be great if they had like a real backup quarterback, but he's also just been functionally a better football player than Deshaun Watson this entire season. Like he's been like a borderline top 10 quarterback performance on the field. Um, so I, yeah, I, I mean, he's going to be, a, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. What's his contract look like? Yeah, he is not a true. And so we, I, I talked to you about this before. Yeah. Maybe we should do it at some, at some time, but the perspective that we have when we're, when we're rating quarterbacks matters. Yeah. Josh Dobbs is great. Because of the expectations that we mm-hmm. have for Just Dubs. So, the best nickname in the NFL. <laughs> and the, the pastronaut. Um, he's not at a level that I would consider him top 10, top 15 in the league. Hey, one thing, he's worth closer to $64 million than Deshaun Watson is. <laughs> it would say, you're right about that. But I do also <laughs> think that he's going to have to put together a bunch more yeah. games and also play better. Mm-hmm. Like He's been good in comparison and where we are the way that we judge him is favorable because of where he is in his maturation if he yeah like that's how we were with Dak early in his career that's how we are with everyone early in their career and then at a certain point we're like oh are you a franchise quarterback are you a Super Bowl champion level quarterback and the answer for Josh Dobbs up until now is I don't even know if he's a franchise quarterback next week we'll be doing a a take on quarterback tiers with all this stuff so get get ready for that but the last one I want to ask you about with this exact guaranteed contract thing is I want to and we'll move on after this I want to ask you about Tua if you're a team would you feel if you're the Dolphins would you feel more comfortable giving him a fully guaranteed, really short-term deal than a spaced-out long-term deal? Um, That's not fully guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you can get... So the risk of going with a short-term deal is twofold. He has to come back to the table once again. And also, the point that I was making about roster construction. When I think you can amortize a signing bonus over the length of a contract up until five years. Mm-hmm. So... If you are going to make it shorter, that is less time to spread out the, the cap hit. So that makes it harder to build uh, a roster that you can win with because obviously the the cap in football is hard, is firm. It's not a fungible soft cap. There's no penalty for going over. You're just not allowed to go over. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I get your idea, but it's risky. And it also like it limits your ability to maneuver things around. So you can look at, I think, Russell Wilson's contract example is, I think it's something that we take for granted as we think like, all right, they got this guy, so the window is as long as this guy is here. No, the window is earlier, the contract. And then they renegotiate the contract to push money back to, to um, like extend the window. And so you lose that opportunity when you have somebody, uh, when you have a quarterback who you are treating like a franchise quarterback on a short-term deal. Okay, let's move on to another topic that I think is somewhat interesting, which is one that I know you feel passionate about, which Uh-oh. is, no, so 
I'm going to read you the MVP odds. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes is plus 270. Jalen Hurts is plus 300. Two is plus 550. Lamar is plus 550. I think it's Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, all the way down until you get to tied for ninth, where you have Christian McCaffrey tied with Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff. And then you get down to Tyreek Hill. Then you get down to AJ Brown. I don't even know where Miles Garrett is on this board. And this has been a year where quarterback play has been significantly down. Patrick Mahomes is the favorite, but he's functionally having the worst statistical season he's had in a while. Um, you know, Lamar's had three really good games and some less good games in the fourth quarter struggles. Uh, I guess Jalen Hurts at the helm of the best offense in the NFL. But the question I would have is, if not now, when? When will the? Is there a way that the MVP award doesn't go to a quarterback this year? This is the only year that it could possibly happen in a long time. You look at history, Adrian Peterson's the last one and won it in 2012. Before that, or after that, it's Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Mahomes, Lamar, Rodgers, Rodgers, Mahomes. So we all understand. So it's, it's an interesting conversation because it always ends up us parsing what valuable actually means. There's no one more valuable to a team than a quarterback. And so it's hard to make an argument that other people should be more valuable, but that's not always what the, what the award is meant. It's kind of like who has had the most outstanding season. And I think that's what the award should be. And yeah, it's going to skew towards quarterbacks because that's what we care about. And because what we're asking them to do is more challenging and impacts the results of the game more than anyone else. However, when given the opportunity, I do think we should try to find a way to give it to someone who's not a quarterback. And Miles Garrett is the one who I've been arguing for. It's going to be hard to give in their uh, position. and Now it might, that might yeah. help his case. That, he still keeps winning with DTR yeah. playing quarterback? That could help his case. And I think, obviously, we heard earlier in the season about A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I think they ha- you have to do something historic. I, I'm assuming Adrian Peterson, that was the year he went to 2000? Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to do – so if someone is the first receiver to go over 2,000 yards, which I think Tyreek Hill is still on pace to do that. 2032 is who he's on pace for. Yeah, so if he gets 2032 and no quarterback like s- separates themselves, then I think you got to do it. I think that's our only chance of doing it. And I feel bad. No, I don't. Like it makes it a little bit more interesting. It's like a little better. And I think that he has been really impactful and we noticed that Stefan Diggs changed the way that that team looked when he got there. Like receivers can be really impactful and maybe it's about The funny thing is what you're really saying is you made the quarterback good <laughs> because the quarterback is the most valuable player Plus, and you turned him into something that's special. That's the interesting thing about Tyreek Hill and, and yeah. McCaffrey in this. Yep. Where it's like these guys actually functionally did change the offenses they played on and they functionally changed the quarterbacks that they play with in really unique ways. And we've seen that like both of them, McCaffrey being below Brock Purdy in the odds and Tyreek Hill being below two in the odds. I would rather build my team around either one of those two guys rather than the quarterbacks that they're on. Yeah. I mean, those I think are the two of the three best offenses in the league. This is where, I mean, this goes back to uh, the running backs are replaceable thing is that I think that there are certain players that are special and yeah. Um, if we're go- yeah, <laughs> that are unique and should be considered Patrick Mahomes is good at football. That's not he what I'm saying. Special. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the other positions. So while I will say yes, um, Barry Sanders is special. A blanket statement. Randy Moss special. Quarterbacks are more valuable than receivers or running backs. Yes, I'll get on board with that. Of course, yeah. But Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill means something different. And that was like the argument for why you might want to pay Saquon Barkley. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah, most of the time, these guys are replaceable. But there are some people, and Christian McCaffrey is probably the best example of it because what he does is so special that it opens things up for everyone else. And I guess Tyreek Hill is too because what he does to a defense is so special yep. that it makes it makes everyone else's job a lot easier from offensive line all the way to running back to quarterback. So what's more important to you in theory of winning the MVP as a skill position player that's not quarterback? Is it to have an incredibly special season because, you know, Cooper Cup won the triple crown and had 1,947 yards and didn't win it? Or is it the fact that this has been an exceptionally weak year for quarterback play statistically? Mahomes is way down. Jalen Hurts is down, despite the fact that the offense has been excellent. I mean, Lamar's I has been up and down. Two has been more up and down since A-Chan got hurt. The answer to me is obvious. It seems like it's about the quarterback, and it should be. 
if uh, so if we are willing to accept the premise that this position can affect the game more than anyone else and it's not even a premise as much as it is a fact and we also accept that it is very difficult if you are um exceptional in that position then yeah i get it we got to give you the mvp so if there is no one who is doing that in that particular season, then that's what you can look elsewhere. And if it and if it pairs up with a season where someone does something crazy, like gets 2000 yards for the first time in history. Hell yeah. And I know like we talk about these things matter to the players, obviously, and they matter a little bit, but they also matter when you get far enough away from it and you're looking back. So, yeah. like, you just saw that demonstration. I didn't know who was the last person who wanted who wasn't a quarterback. It was Adrian Peterson. Have to break a record. Have to be memorable. And it, it reminded me. It reminded me. And, like, that you deserve to get in the Hall of Fame because we can't tell the story of football without you. That's horse But also, it kind of is, like, you. Why is that horse I mean, it feels like the roundabout way to put people in that don't that haven't necessarily earned it. It was like, I mean, that's how you get. So Joe Namath's in the Hall of Fame because he guaranteed a Super Bowl and they won it. Like to me, no disrespect to Joe Namath, but it's less about, and I guess it's not complete horse They're like first black players in football are in, not necessarily because they were so exceptional, but because this is part of the story of football. So like I can get on board with that to some degree, but it feels like, when they started using it for the Eli Manning and stuff like Eli that. Manning? Eli Manning is the guy where it's like, I'm fine with him going to the Hall of Fame because I'm not like some gatekeeper in that way. But it does, like it does feel weird to put Eli Manning in there next to the type of guys that we think of we go to Hall of Fame. So 100 years from now, <laughs> we're going to look back and be like, hey, Eli Manning was one of the best quarterbacks in football, despite the fact that at no point was he the best quarterback in football. Or even so, close. Yeah, or even close. Like, but he was for... Eight weeks, two, four weeks stretches. He was balling, and that's fine. I think that, so we talk, the Hall of Fame is a museum. So we can have a little Eli exhibit. That don't mean he got to get a jacket. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can have a little exhibit to remind you of it. But anyway, I don't know how we got to that. But the point is, I like it in the MVP conversation because I like to be reminded of these important moments. Any Okay, so here's another one. Any reason if Stroud stays on this pace and has 30 touchdowns, two interceptions, and they make the playoffs with a roster that we thought was bereft of talent, a situation that we thought was bad, no rookie has won it since Jim Brown. Um, that Those are big shoes. But that's like historic stuff also. What he's yeah. doing is like breaking every single mold of what a quarterback can, rookie quarterback can so do. This conversation is much easier because we don't have to construct weird arguments to uh, uh, tangential arguments to support it. He's a quarterback on a team that sucked and the team is now good and he is balling. Hell yeah. So like I, they're young. So like I have to expect that they're going to regress a little bit yeah, and yeah. not be as long season. Yeah. And, and not be the team that I uh, had a comeback win against the, the Bengals recently. So if he's mediocre for the rest of the way, then maybe not. If he plays like this for the rest of the way, it's a no-brainer. If he gets this team into the playoffs, I think the record for, for his team has to be much lower than anybody else. If they are 10-7 and seven and they get a wild card and he's balling the whole time with the expectation that we have for that team, depending on what else is happening in the league, I think absolutely C.J. Stroud should be front. And he should be in the conversation right now, given what he's doing. Yeah, he's like fifth in the odds. The, so. the hard question is, should he win it? And... I don't think how old you are or how many years you ha you've been in the league should matter as much as what I wouldn't argue for is like he's jumped from 251 to 30 to one in the odds in the last week. Smart. I wouldn't argue for like Dak Prescott's rookie year or uh, it's the exact opposite situation. Yeah, or, or Russell Wilson's rookie year mm -hmm. or yeah, that sort of thing. Like where it's like, Hey, you're serviceable. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is great. We don't get the MVP to the quarterback then. But that's not what we're watching. He's no. attacking downfield. He's turning the ball over and then coming back on the field and leading game-winning drives on the road against a quarterback who we think is top three in the league. This that's MVP type This feels like the period of the season when Robert Griffin was in the MVP conversation because the team wasn't that good and he caught lightning in the bottle. And this, obviously, I wasn't around for it, but it also feels like how it must have felt seeing Marino come in and light the league on fire. Because that's there aren't many comps of this. The guys who come in and do it immediately and do it at this level. Um, the last thing I want to ask you before we get to Bomani Bomani and Roses. 
is we got Eagles Chiefs this weekend. I think we have to talk about the fact that the Chiefs offense has been held under 300 yards for consecutive games for the first time since 2016. Andy Reid, though, off, off of buys is 21-3. and three. The Eagles have a banged-up Jalen Hurts, but they've more or less been awesome this season. What do you expect to learn from this game? Yeah, I got a real dumb thing to say. Don't, and I actually don't be- hold back. Say actually, it. I actually believe it, and it's dumb. We're not going to learn a whole much, whole bunch this weekend. It's going to be a fun game. Let's get excited. Let's watch it, and let's enjoy it. There are very few outcomes from this game that will make me feel like I learned anything. Once you have made it to the Super Bowl and played in the Super Bowl as well as both of these teams did last year and the Chiefs have done uh, a few times, it's really hard for me to put a lot of stock in these regular season situations. So I I don't think we learn a lot, but we have a good time. I think we're going to learn one thing. What's that? Who's going to win the MVP award? Yeah, that's probably fair. They're going to give it to one of them. Whoever wins this game. Oh well, cool. I'm cool with um Jalen Hurts winning it because he deserved it last year. But he I think had a- I think he should be the clear favorite right now over, over Mahomes. I know that his situation is better, but he's essentially operating the best offense in the NFL. And and when uh, you watch the games, his situation is better. But he'd be making the plays and making the throws. Yeah, I think at big at pivotal but, moments he puts the ball in right spot. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. We he's all, not throwing. He's not throwing the ball to just MVS out there doing wind sprints. Wind sprints. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying he's not all screens. His and receivers slants. don't just do cardio. They actually go out there and play <laughs> yeah, football. But I, my point is, he's attacking down the field. Um, so. Are you still expecting an offensive turnaround for the Chiefs at some point, or is this who they are? Uh, this is who they are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't expect... Because Mahomes was expecting, he's like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> don't do Mahomes impersonation. He'll be fine. I think they'll be fine, but I don't expect them to be great. But they're good enough to win the Super Bowl because they got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They'll figure out some some gimmicks that'll help them out, but I think there is no substitute for, for great players, and they don't have them. They got Travis, though. How many cut-ins? Because uh, the Kelseys are meeting, the, the families are meeting this weekend, apparently. According to, according to like the Daily Mail. Uh, ten cut-ins. From the, from the opening kickoff to the final whistle, I got ten cut-ins. Mm. Mm. Do you realize that they're, this is a real relationship yet? Oh, yeah. I was wrong. I like to believe that it was a, um, it's more of a rom- rom-com, that they brought them together. Like, let's it's a meet-cute. Yeah. Like, let's bring this fake relationship together, and then they grew to love each other. That's what I believe. But, yeah, I, it's real now. I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a supporter, too. I mean, if we, need, if we want an American who's going to end up being able to guard Wemby, this is it. <laughs> they are tall. Yeah. We got Chet. Don't worry about it. We're getting we length. Chet. We got Chet. Chet's all right. All right. Appreciate it. Bomani Jones up next. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. Good brother Bomani Jones is here. If you don't know, his podcast is up. And we had a classic Fox or Friday. I think it reminded me of the old ones. It's only the second one, so it didn't take us long to get back into it. But we had the element. We talked about <laughs> Rust Belt cities. We got yes. some good. We started talking about steam engines. Awesome metaphors. It was a good one. Check it out. Check us out. I appreciate you having me on, big dog. Oh, no. Thank you. You're doing me a favor. But the first thing that came to my mind that I wanted to talk to you about, because you're the only person I've ever divulged this to, you and everyone else who listens to your show, is that I'm working through some personal biases. And my personal biases have me rooting for and defending people that I otherwise wouldn't feel like I should be able to defend. So... In past, it's been mediocre black quarterbacks, and I just I, I'll cape for him. Also, my man Charlie will call me out. 
for finding ways to defend players because like I'm a union guy, player guy and also we grew up on media where there weren't a lot of there were a lot of black athletes and not a lot of black people in media and it and they was like, rooting against them. Not just that they was just yeah. simply not us there. The man was rooting against them. And yeah, and so when there is an athlete who I feel like, and it's not just black athletes, just any athlete who I feel like is being piled on, I defend them. And that's a long preamble to say, damn, James, <laughs> damn, James. Like, I, I find myself defending James Hart like, man, he missed all them threes. That was a fluke. They were the only team that went after the Warriors. Oh, yeah, his playoff record ain't that bad. Like, I find excuses. And then last year. What happened last year? I was like, all right, I can't defend him anymore. And then he forces his way out of another team, and I have still been like, player power. They should be able to move around wherever they want. And then he go and just seemingly spoil a whole nother team. And you have never really been a James Harden supporter, so I feel like I have to come to you hat in hand and say you was right. Nope, but I got you back on this. I got you back on this. Okay, 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 okay. I just can't believe this is all his fault. Right. Like he has never been the it gets bad at the end with James and things don't go right. But it's never been a situation with James where it goes bad. Like as soon as you show up and that's where this is, that's where I'm like, okay, I feel like they can work this out. Like these are three of those guys at the very least are Hall of Famers. And the fourth one is Paul George. Right. These are really good dudes. I don't think they can all start. But I'm like, I feel like this is kind of like when Kyrie got to Dallas last year and it was just so easy to blame him whenever something didn't go right. And now you look out here and Dallas out here kicking taking names. That's that's where I kind of am on this with James. But I'm also, I don't know if there's a solution per se. And it does not help that the Sixers out here are like, whoo, glad we got rid of that dead weight. Even though he carried them to two of those games in that series that they lost. This is probably a bad analogy because as we talked about on your show, um, the the um, Wolves are good now. But this James Harden trade reminds me a bit of the Rudy Gobert trade where we all knew it was a bad idea and they did it anyway. And we all was like, nah, that ain't what you need. That ain't going to help. And they did it anyway. But the thing that I think about James, about Harden, that has got me the most like feeling ashamed of allowing my biases is – all the contortions that I put my body through to to make a defense for his individual foolish action, actions. Now we've had people lay out all of the stuff along the way and I got to read it and I'll be like, no, but you see this situation, but you see that one, but you see this one. And you know, when you have an excuse for every issue, it's normally you. And I've come to the yeah. point where I accept it's him. Well, the the only thing I'll say about him, to be fair, because I saw the thing the dude from Dallas had that honestly I thought was just a little bit unnecessary, and I was a little uncomfortable yeah. with how many people were cheering that man on for dog. Yeah. Jay's hard don't even play for your team, right? They just showed up to play against y'all tonight, right? Let's yeah. be fair to James, and this is where I think he gets lost. The Oklahoma City thing, and it ended like they weren't gonna give him the money. Yeah. He they got him out of there. Okay, when it was over in Houston, it was over. He did not ask to leave there until it was over. And the owner's like, you're making too much money for me. And then I don't know what else you expected from him, right? He was willing to roll the dice on, like, fighting DeMarcus Cousins and P.J. Tucker just to get out of there. And if you're willing to do that, baby, I ain't really got no room to judge you, okay? He winds up in Brooklyn. And let us not forget, he was the only person saying out loud, it is crazy what is going on here with Kyrie Irving. He was the one that was like, I'll give him the shot myself. You remember that? He was the one person that sounded like the rest of us when that all went down. He and when he went it out, when he wanted out, he was the one that looked around like, yo, it's crazy town. Get me out of here. I don't judge him on that one. And then he felt like this man lied to him. And I don't know exactly what it is, but you know, I'm not one to make excuses for James Harden. But I am saying that at every turn, if we like James Harden more, we would say, Oh, okay. I, I see where you were coming from here. Yeah. And that's where I came. You notice that I did not make an argument against any of the decisions that he made. It's just a problem that it happens so many times that at some point we have to accept that it's you 
this this black cloud has been following you. And then you compound it with the style of play and the fact that I can't argue about how it works because it don't work in the playoffs. It ain't never worked in the playoffs, and it's, it's tough. I don't know. Well, it works until it doesn't work, right? Like, he's been to conference finals. He's stretched, you Man. know, it works and then he falls apart. Like to me, his issue is not a style of play that doesn't work in the playoffs. It's him losing it and just having right. complete and total melt. Like his style of playing while he's having these games with twelve turnovers, he just melts down. Yeah, and I mean it's a, a product of the fact that what he said that everyone was offended by, but was also actually true, was like I ain't a system player. I am a system. And when you are a system, the problem is when you melt down, there ain't nobody else to pass it to. Like you expecting Ariza to hit a bunch of shots. That ain't what he here for. He's right. here to hit a couple shots and play some <laughs> D. P.J. Tucker here to fight people and hit one shot and play some D. But if you knock on black out for us when we need you to at some point when they had that lead on the Warriors, then it's going to be a problem. And you're going to disappear. It's going to be a problem. Well, that becomes an interesting point on this because he dialed it back to play with MB. Like, you can look at the numbers. Yeah. It took some time for them to figure it out, but he did dial his game back. He dialed his game back with the Nets to become like a more of a point guard than like the lead guard, as my buddy Shannon puts it, I'm a point guard, not a pass guard, right? Like he he became more of a of a point guard in more of those places, but it's so bad when it ends, and all these people have wanted to not play with him anymore. Dwight Howard didn't want to play with him anymore. At first, we blamed Dwight Howard. Chris Paul didn't want to play with him anymore. At first, we blamed Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook didn't want to play with him anymore. We did blame all the other people for not wanting to play with him. And then it got to a point where James was legitimately the one like, nah, I don't want to do this no more. And it wasn't necessarily his fault. Like, like yo, no, this, this, I didn't ask to come to Brooklyn in the first place just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right, yeah, I, 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 I appreciate you allowing me to find some solace because that's how I feel like that's how I ended up in this spot is that every turn it was justifiable. And at every turn, the people, the people who were, and I, I am guilty of this. I got in trouble for this a long time ago on your podcast. I sometimes allow the people that are rooting for something to change the way I feel about something. Yes. That's how I became a LeBron fan. As soon as y'all started, or not y'all, but some people started acting all crazy when he went down to Miami. I was like, oh, I hope he win every title. Stupid <laughs> Comic Sans letter. I mean, and that also is like part of the reason, because James Harden don't strike me as the type of dude I want to hang out with. He ain't my kind of guy. He not the type of dude I want to work with. However, when y'all was getting all on him, I was like, I wish y'all shut up. I got to say, from what I hear, you might want to hang out with yeah. him just once. I've heard. I've heard. He's a great teammate. He's a great teammate. He's, Maybe I not on the floor. He's a great hang. A great <laughs> hang. Uh, and it's so right. wild because he seems so boring and uninteresting. Yeah. Nothing yeah. about what he gives us in public implies that he should be this famous. He done got so much mileage out of that beard. Like, I yeah. can't think of anything interesting about James Harden. But we all, we all know how he kicks it, but we don't know anything particular about him kicking. Which is incredibly impressive to be that tall, that distinctive looking, and that outside. And we not really have nothing, but they retired your jersey at a strip club. James Harden is doing something right. Maybe he ain't going to win no championship on the floor, but he winning them off the court. Yeah, he must be walking around with a stack of them non-disclosure agreements. That's the only <laughs> explanation, man. Like, like the, the, the stories that you hear about James Harden that you can't say in front of people are all – at once sound totally crazy, but 100% plausible. Absolutely. All right. The one person whose stories that we don't ever hear about, I want to hit this before I let you go, is the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. He is blacking out once again, which we know he's capable of doing. He carries a lot of weight as the Cowboys quarterback. And he's another person who I found myself defending. And that started with Carson Wentz. Because you and I were one of the few people who, when Dak Prescott was a rookie, was like, hey, y'all need to bring Tony Romo back in because we was watching those games. And that team was awesome, and Dak was managing. And then he played against the Green Bay Packers. They lost, but Dak turned it up. He scored. He led three scoring drives in the fourth quarter, and I was like, oh, I was wrong. He's special. Then a couple of years later, I heard people saying Carson Wentz was better than him, and then I got pigeonholed as Dak Prescott's cousin. Like, no, I'm not his cousin. I just see. I just see that he's good, and that guy's not. Dak, I mean, the thing that's so wild about Dak is he has these games on national television where the Cowboys get behind, and he doesn't seem to be playing well, in which case they throw the ball 75 times. 
I like that. That's that's always been the thing for me. Is like when it's not going well, they just send them back there to throw the ball. And at least previously, like with Keller Moore, I understood why they let him go. You watched enough of those games, and it didn't feel like he was giving Dak everything that he needed. But now they got Mike McCarthy, and it's a similar sort of situation. So Dak has been balling, but I feel bad for him. Ball all you want until you don't, homie. And when you don't, yeah. it's gonna be like none of that other stuff ever happened. Is there anybody, and and obviously Dak's in a good situation in many ways, but as far as the way that we analyze him, I don't know that I can think of anybody who is in a tougher situation in that he's on the most popular team and there's nothing he can do short of getting to the Super Bowl that I think we will walk away this season saying, Oh, he he showed us. And I guess maybe there's he could maybe he could walk in that Josh Allen lane where Josh Allen is getting so much mileage off of um, losing to Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left. Right. Well, let's think about this, because I um, I had uh, or I caught up a couple weeks ago. With my good buddy, Tim Kalashoff. First time we met in person, I was in Dallas and my buddy Terry always makes the point that Dak is Danny White, basically. Like a really, like a very good quarterback, a surgical quarterback, but not that guy necessarily to win a Super Bowl with. And then Tim says something I hadn't thought about. It. He's like, yeah, but Danny White went to three NFC championship games, okay? So let's say Dak has a game similar to the one he had against Tampa Bay last year, but instead Oof. of that being in the wild card round, it's in the division round, and they get to the NFC championship game, and he plays reasonably well then I think we look at him as, okay, guy who has taken a step. Because, look, people need to understand, he's about to get paid again. Yep. That money's about, <laughs> like, like, that, like he's set that contract up right. You look around, ain't no better than Dak Prescott that you're going to get. There's not one of those that's going to be available. You turn your clock back three years if you decide you're going to draft somebody to try to – no, he's about to get paid again no matter what happens. But as you put it, for his own sake, I would recommend getting to an NFC Championship game my, my, myself personally. But here's At the thing. Least. If he gets there, it's in all likelihood against one of their, like, death rivals, either the yeah. 49ers or the Eagles. Yep. That's the worst part is because he's going to lose to one of them because those are better teams. And there is – I mean, I guess he could throw on, for 500. Or to the Lions. And you don't oh. want to say you lost to the Lions. No, no, that's unacceptable. He can't. He can't have that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to jump on everybody else's side too. They lose to the Lions. No, but the <laughs> Lions are pretty the Lions. good. I know they're they're fun. And your man Dan Campbell, he's an entertaining guy. Talk about diapers and whatnot. But yeah, Dak's in a tough spot. But he's gonna get paid again, and people gonna say it don't matter how happy uh, he is because as long as he's getting paid, <laughs> and that don't matter. And he got. Is he gonna be able to parlay this the way every other former uh, Cowboys? Is there a roadblock? I mean, into the booth, into something. Like, okay. I feel like, yeah, okay. He seems likable. He's not offending anybody. Dak Prescott is going to move on and make a bunch more money afterwards, real estating or whatever Roger Starback did or uh, doing the Tony Romo or the Troy Aikman. It's kind of insane. What's Quincy Carter doing right now? He got him a car dealership <laughs> or something? Um <laughs> I'm always nervous asking what Quincy Carter's up to these days. Fair like point. Fair point. it could have been that. it could have been him. Like somebody wearing that Tower Banks beam. We were all rooting for you. Yep, I remember. As as the same place we started this segment, I remember trying to convince y'all that Quincy Carter, or trying to convince myself that Quincy Carter was better than he actually was. Hey, he he could have been. Life just yeah. got in the way. All right, my brother. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with me for a little bit. I will, again, if y'all want to get more of this fun collaboration, Bomani Jones, you know where to find it, the Right Time Podcast. Y'all can uh, listen to that there, hear the rest of this. And all right, man, appreciate you. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Appreciate you. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. My favorite person, your favorite segment, Roses and Thorns with Ashley, my wife. You look very nice today. Thank you. He told me that last week and it sent me down this long, messy road that maybe got me put on probation. That and my Cuban coffee that I had before last week's you episode. put on probation? There's no probation. <laughs> so guys, you are getting a very reserved, less caffeinated. I've had coffee, green tea, and Coke today, but I didn't have like a cute espresso right before this. I, I find it amusing that you think caffeine is why you are the way that you are. You're like that all the time. Like no, that's, I'm not. Okay. Look how calm I am right now. We'll see how long that lasts. You just got to say the slowly. right thing. Slowly. I had something pop up this week that made me uh, want to talk to you about it. So, uh, just do a fake pause. I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm going to listen. <laughs> Congratulations. I just had to interrupt him to say that. Thank you. You didn't have to interrupt me to say anything. but I'm giving you my thought bubbles in my head. Okay. And this is not caffeinated. Or this is low caffeinated. <laughs> I'm just listening. All right. So... Um, Tommy DeVito, a name that you probably don't know. He's the starting quarterback for the, well, he's a third string quarterback, now starting quarterback because of injuries a couple weeks ago for, um, the New York Giants. And he came out last week before the game and said that he still lives at home with his mom. She makes his bed. She makes some food. She does laundry for him. You think that's cute? Like at... In your 20s, you have a career that most people would think is kind of cool. I mean, let's be honest. What I first thought about, we can be honest for ourselves. Apparently, it makes you think it's cute. What I first thought about is, where are you bringing your friends? Like, in your childhood room, you can't have, you can't go to the bar and be like, yeah, I'm a backup quarterback for the Giants. You want to come back to my transformer sheets? Like, that ain't going to work. Some people ramble on and on when they have things to say and they don't let anyone else get a word in. Edgewise, is that the same? Sure. I don't know if that's the same. Um, yeah, I saw that too, actually. And I was like, so it's weird because I get like what he means. Where are you going to bring your friends? I think he means girls, but anybody. Like you don't have like a, but yeah, I guess you do have a basement. Like he brought his friends over when he was a kid. He could bring friends like his like guy friends. Okay. I like, think play video games. They can come over. But I think he means it's where are you going to bring a girl to get some? And I think maybe Tommy DeVito could bring them still to his mother's house. I don't know that. I don't know what his family situation's like, but maybe he probably was sneaking girls in when he was a teenager. He might still just, be doing it. That ain't sexy at a, as a full grown man. That just say, okay. Whatever. I agree. But I'm somewhere between though, at my age now, like the mother who is like, oh, my baby's going to leave me. Also the mother who's like, oh my God, I cannot wait till my babies leave me. And the girl who's like, you ain't bring me back to your mother's house to your transformer yeah. sheets. So I don't know. Like I... I saw it, though, and because I was in closer to my mom's head then, and probably my kids weren't getting on my nerves, I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. He wants to live at home. I, other than grad school and stuff, I never lived not at my parents' house until we got married. Like, so I had an apartment when I was in grad school and stuff, but then I moved back home while I was teaching. I think when we got married, I was in grad school, so I was living away. But so, like, I'm not going to judge it, and I don't really see how you can judge it because while your parents did not live with you, when he moved from Maryland – which is both where his family lived because it's like where he's from and where he was in college and got drafted um, by the Broncos. So he moved from Maryland to Denver. He bought a house here. His parents bought a house here, <laughs> like <laughs> across the street. Um, and I think before the houses, weren't y'all in the same apartment community before then? Um, probably, and then when he got traded to Atlanta, his parents and him actually did live together. So I don't see, I guess maybe did you have a negative experience then? Is that why you're judging it? No, I see I how did, you could judge it, but I'm surprised I you are. I didn't have a negative experience, but the dynamics were very different. And uh, at least for me, but I mean, I, I'm not judging it at all. I just don't know how you could solve it. And like, I would... 
go have crabs and champ and other teammates. We'd go to my parents' townhouse and have crabs every couple months and hang out with them. Being close to your parents, trust me, I'm not judging that. Okay. As close as we are to your family, it is we not as close as across the street or in the same house like he was with his. But okay, yeah. So I moved. Um, I don't know that I have to explain myself, but like <laughs> I was 22 year old. No, no, no. It's fine. I I understand. I understand why Tommy I DeVito could. <laughs> I had a nerve. You brought it up, so we explained it. Why Tommy DeVito could benefit from it. But the across the street is long enough, is far enough that they don't got to hear sounds that I don't want them to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's also enough security that as you're growing up, you're 22, you're learning things. When I need to figure out how to get home insurance, having my parents close was helpful. But Tommy DeVito ain't doing none of those things, but I'm not judging him. I'm just saying, and then I moved, I got traded to Atlanta. It was really nice to have people to support me in that moment. It's also very stressful and annoying, but it happens. And so I'm not judging him that way. It's very simple for me. It's just like, what you going to do when you're trying to do things i mean he can afford a hotel room i would imagine that is also not sexy it's not but i guess i because i'm looking at it as like a 40 year old me i'm like oh, okay like he happens to just live like he, i mean he happens to be from like i think it's like nine or 12 minutes from where yeah. the giants practice um like that's real convenient like yeah. and it takes like he wasn't expecting to suddenly be a starting quarterback yeah. and so like he wasn't ready for this he was an undrafted free agent like he has a place to go like he probably wasn't even expecting to be there long like I'm gonna just stay here real quick until I get cut and get traded somewhere else but who knows maybe by next season he'll be out on his own and in all fairness in New York or in New Jersey uh, what he was getting paid, it ain't getting you that much. You try to put some on your put some in your pocket. I think Tommy DeVito's doing the right thing. Also, let's go ahead and get this message to our kids right now. Ain't nobody coming back to stay with me. Get on out. Y'all gotta go. Y'all all can go. I'm gonna go get me a condo. Once it is out, it is out time. Y'all better go get a job, get a place, make some money. <laughs> Do something else. I feel like when he's saying y'all, I'm included in that. Nah, because you made a face like they can't come back. No, they can't. Well, I don't need yeah. a job. I'm just Avery can come back. Taking our house. Um, Avery can come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think that you brought me around a little bit. I, I am on team Tommy DeVito. I, honestly, it's a cute story if he threw a bunch of touchdowns. If he don't throw a bunch of touchdowns and keep playing poorly like that team is playing, then it is less cute and funny. It's just sad because it seems like they don't have a professional level quarterback to go with their unprofessional level mm. team. All right. Speaking of relationships, I noticed this story that popped up and I wanted to get your take on it. I don't know if you saw that Jeezy went on Nia Long's show. Young Jeezy got a divorce from his mm-hmm. wife. Are and, they divorced? Are well, they? I mean, he filed for divorce. Apparently, are, like, and she wasn't even suspecting it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't fi- imagine. What if Dominique just said to me right now, FYS, <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> on <laughs> like, camera? Like, at least Jeezy <laughs> didn't do it on camera. Like, he may have surprised some people, but uh, he when didn't do it on over. camera. So, I I don't know. I'd, I'd be like, good luck, buddy. <laughs> did you see anything about the um, the interview? Because I noticed that it seemed like Jeezy was kind of flirting. He has older, in some of his older music, he shouts out Neil Long specifically. Like, if he could get a chance, he'd take a shot. He was all flirty. And I felt bad a little bit for his uh, future Mai. ex-wife because it's just like, you can't be flirting on camera. Go flirt somewhere else. No, but Neil Long's Neil Long. Like, if you had Neil Long in front of you and you were separated. I know what this is about. I knew he would think (laughs) it was about that. And I really asked myself, would you feel this way if it weren't? (laughs) Because I think Jeannie Mai is great. I love her work. She's beautiful. They have a beautiful daughter together, Monaco. And, um... But yeah, I did. I I was like, because you know, Neil Long, like every black girl my age, we grew up watching Neil Long movies, right? And like, Neil Long is one of those women who, along with like Halle Berry, lets us say proud and loud, regardless of the age that we're showing, um, that black don't crack. Like, she is amazing. Um, And looks amazing and like has made so much interesting stuff. You have to have a little sympathy for her also. She's had had a a place in in black culture for a long time and a a revered place. And she's moved into this status of, I don't know, I guess uh, like from young sex symbol to like adult um, aspirational person. Okay, good. I thought he was going to say auntie. And I was like, no, you better not call her an auntie. no, definitely not. Right. Still, adult sex symbol is what he means to say. Yeah, she's um, mature and cool and, and uh, made us all uh, be all judgmental of Ime Udoka, which yes. was weird and uncomfortable. And so, like, you have to have a little sympathy for her because right. of that. And because in Best Man Holiday, her best friend died. You know, that touched me. I guess the, um, what jumped out to me that's more interesting <laughs> is, like, 
them having relationship stuff in public. And we do this little thing that part of our relationship has now become public. And so I don't know. I find it interesting because I don't find this uncomfortable, but I can see how I, I watched that. and I was like, oh, that's uncomfortable. And I don't think it's just because it's a breakup. It's just because I don't want to know. All, like, I don't want to know too much. Then that's just you being selfish because people might be listening to us thinking we don't like hopefully y'all turned it off. Um, but I think it's just because you're worrying about like the other woman's feelings, which is so sweet and compassionate of you. And I think that's fair. And um, I didn't see the interview personally, so I don't know. But imagine if they were flirty, like one, you can assume that some of it's for cameras and two. If you get a chance to take a shot at a single knee along, you're going to take your shot. Like, and Jeannie Mai has to understand that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't believe that that actually, I mean, I agree with that. I feel wholeheartedly that you get a chance to take a shot, shoot your shot. You're the only one on this show that actually would take a shot or seems like what has been interesting to take a shot. I would not. I'm happily married. I, I just do not. Oh, I would not. I didn't give what he was saying. I would not take a shot. Even if Jalen Hurts were right in front of you right now, I would be like, you have a really beautiful girlfriend and you guys are such an inspirational couple. Oh, yeah, I guess he's not single. If he was single, though. No, because I would Pull be up. like, I have a wonderful husband. Step back? No. I really wouldn't. I am really <laughs> excited, though, unrelated. Um, Jalen on Monday plays the Chiefs. Yep, Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited to see. Black quarterback showdown. Two black quarterback showdown. Super Bowl rematch. Yep. But also, and I'm the least Swifty you'll ever oh. meet. I'm excited because because Taylor's family is from like that area. The and the both Kelsey brothers are gonna be playing against each other. So all their family's gonna be there. Pre Thanksgiving week, so like a pre-holiday meetup. I'm so excited to like when they're gonna be showing them in the box, like having and apparently their parents, the Kelsey's and the Swifts, I think that that's her real last name, right? Yeah. They're gonna meet. I'm very excited for this. Anyway. I was just thinking that I believe that they truly love each other until you <gasps> just pointed out how strategic all this was seems like a good plan roger goodell well done marketing genius all right i want to end with no. a game no we can't no. i think what it's happened real. i said this to charlie earlier i think what happened was their representatives put them together and now they actually figured out that they really like each other which is fine it's a nice rom-com take his his come around guys yeah and good job roger you did it love connection all right i want to end on a game with you okay okay ready we'll ask some questions see how well we know each other what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Let me guess first. Favorite Thanksgiving food. Favorite Thanksgiving food. It's going to be hard. I ask you the same question? You can, but okay. I think it's going to be hard to answer because you like a lot. Of... All right. I have an idea. You know what it is? I have an idea, too. All right. I was, okay, I, now I have to my guess first thought. Your, no, 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 no. Think no. about yours, too, because I think we should I, guess each other's. Okay. My first thought for you was a Thanksgiving sandwich, but I'm going to go ahead and go with sweet potatoes. You know... That's no answer. It's impossible. Sweet, sweet potatoes are up there when they're like brulee. But then I realized I was like, basically, you want sweet potato pie. So I think sweet potato pie is my favorite. But another like. It's a win. Close. Oh, it's actually not. Another close favorite, though. And it like, had he said this, I would also be like, yeah, that's it. It's like when on your plate, the turkey, the stuffing, the cranberry and the gravy are all like touching. And you get a fork that has all of that in it, which basically is the sandwich without the bread. I got them so, both. Winner he did not me. exactly get them. My greens are also delicious. Hey, for why um, is the bar so okay, high? Let for me? me guess what yours is. I have no. He actually like hardly likes food. Um, he loves seafood, but we don't always have. We always have crab balls for appetizers on Thanksgiving. But I don't think that's your favorite. That's not a solid one. Um, ooh, I have honestly, I have no clue. Uh, yeah, I don't either. The first thing that came to my mind was um. Fried chicken, like Patrick Mahomes' wife said about him. Or, or, uh, <laughs> My cousin Megan this year is like, I'm a break. I'm a pick up from hip hop some fried chicken. <laughs> or, like, oh. um, uh, or the the ham. Yeah, I okay. guess it works. Okay. All right, family, I would have never guess it. Family member you least want to sit next to. This is a dangerous question. All right, All right let me think of the answer. Um, I have my answer. There we go. I got I got an answer for you. For you, is it our children? No, it's everybody. <laughs> so anti. Oh, okay. Who is mine? Uh, your older sister. I love sitting next to her. What are you talking I know, about? but I, if I gave a real answer, then somebody's feelings would be hurt. So I just said that so that you can give whatever answer you want. That's called me being strategic. My dad. Oh. Do you know why? Because um, he makes I you get up so and get much. him food? This man acts like he don't know how to fix a plate. Um, yes. I would be fixing his plate nonstop. As soon as he finished something, I would get up and get more of it. And I actually would never want to sit next to my sister at Thanksgiving, though, even though I love her. You spend a lot of time with her on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but no, that's not why. Because she's one Talks of those people who doesn't let 
No. <laughs> no one <laughs> in my family talks about what? Um, she's one of those people who doesn't let her food touch and like goes like, I'll have my potatoes and this and then I'll go back for this. And it just drives me crazy to see it because again, my favorite thing is when I happen to get that fork full that has like Ugh. all of that together. Um, so. All right, last question then we shut it down. All right. This is a bad question though, because it's so. I was gonna say, what's your it's what's your best contribution to Thanksgiving? And like you're hosting, so I think it's the house, right? And the venue and most of the food. For him, it's the fried turkey. Yeah, I fry a turkey. It's very good. It's very easy question um, to lay up. For me. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the venue. I would say it's the vibe. Like, my go. greens That's are pretty thing. good, but I said a nice vibe. I got a great playlist. We got drinks. Where stuff is, is good. Everyone I want to feel at home. We got games laid out. We're ready for wherever the night takes us. Clearly, one of us dominated this. I got them all right. 100% winner, winner, chicken dinner. Did he, though? Nice giving dinner. Yes, I did. Because, listen, this year... Anyone who's my friend on Instagram knows this. It's basically I've made my own HGTV show oh, of gosh. is my house going to be ready or not to host Thanksgiving? And there's haters are on there saying it's definitely not going to be ready if you saw what it looks like right now. Haters? Um, AKA my friends who are being honest with me, but I want them to lie to me and be like, yeah, girl, we see it. Um, and so we may pivot and have to host like the same Thanksgiving and I'll put on the same playlist and do it at my mom's house. So it's not the venue. It's the same vibe that I would try to set there. Although it'd be hard to carry everything over. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. I'll see you again. We, we won't see them again until after Thanksgiving. Probably I'll see them again next week with a normal show. But anyway, thank you, Ashley. Well guys, it looks like I lost this probation period because it looks like I'm getting kicked off next week. All right. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you to all of our great producers, Megan, Serafina, Charlie, producer slash co-hosts, Brian and Kevin, and of course, Podville. And we Cortez out. Cortez in New York. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about Tez. See? I Next saw week, Tez. Tez, no offense, he's going to forget about you because I'm not going to be here to remind saw him. saw Tez in New York last week on a crazy gallivant. We got to tell the people. One day we got to have a gallivant recap. Me and Charlie in the big city. It is crazy. Charlie threw up. He drank too much. Don't tell his wife. Well, or mother who people sometimes live with you never know this is the dominique foxworth show 